When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome, and thank you for listening to the very first First Down Snapcast. It's the NFL with a Yorkshire accent. My name's Ian, and I'm delighted to be your host However, I'm not doing this thing alone, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by a legion of wonderful NFL fans who are all keen and eager to talk football. So without further ado, let's meet the team. And I can't really start anywhere else but with the boss, the man who started the NFL Fans of Yorkshire Facebook group where this podcast was born. He keeps the place ticking over and gets things done faster than a Khalil Mack pass rush. It's Richard. How are you, Richard? I'm not too bad yourself. Yeah, all good, Richard. Um, excited about this? Very excited to get it up and running now. It's been something I've wanted to do for maybe about a year now, so it's good to start getting the wheels in motion. Now, on this podcast, we already have some common themes, one being most of us are called Smith, uh, and one of the other Smiths is Steve. How are you, Steve? Yeah, good. Should I say Coach Steve? You love that, yeah? <laughs> I try to. I try to place to call me it, but to be honest with you, it's a fairly much of the time. <laughs> uh, and completing the hat-trick of Smiths is Alex. Good evening, Alex. Hi, I'm... Um... I'm doing this podcast to reclaim my name. Uh, so if you're tuning in to hear Dick Smith, um, you've got this Alex Smith, which is sort of, <laughs> I suppose, just as good in a way. I do think <laughs> I'm better. better. I can yeah. throw a better football, so well, there you go. hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Undoubtedly. I mean, why you're doing this podcast and not playing in the NFL is beyond me, I don't know. <laughs> and finally, but by no means least, we're joined by another one of the admins from the Facebook page, and that's Stuart. How are you, Stuart? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm, I'm glad you put me last as well. Well, you know what they say about saving the best to last. Now we've all introduced ourselves, I thought we'd begin by explaining who our team is and what our main hopes are for this season. Uh, and I'm going to begin with you this time, Stuart. Oh, you see, that's a curveball, isn't it, really? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, so, um, I mean, I would say that I'm fairly new uh, compared to the rest of the guys on the team to NFL. Um I probably started following it probably about 10 years ago when I used to work for an American company. Um, I used to work with a guy um, called Brad uh, that used to really love NFL and he used to talk quite passionately about um, American football literally in every meeting I went into um, and I used to just berate him saying that it was mostly adverts. Um, (laughs) But then 
I actually got in a bar with him and sat and watched the game and we he's you know his college team was the Longhorns and and gradually um I just kind of got bought into it and I really kind of ran with it and I started to see what a really good uh, good sport it was. Um yeah. I had a lot of friends that were Bears fans, you know, but nobody wants to be a Bears fan, do they? So I went a few years in the wilderness of not having a team, um, and yeah. until I started playing Madden, and then I, I basically got drawn um, the Vikings in a, in a Madden franchise league, and um, I've never looked back. So the Vikes are my team. It also means that um, I get some divisional games with my friends who are Bears fans, um, and you're never too far away from a Packer, are you? Let's be honest, there's cheeseheads everywhere. Um, so uh, that's that's yeah, that's me. That's my history and. Yeah. Obviously, when Richard wanted to start kicking off the group, I, uh, I volunteered my services, um, and here we are today. Yeah, Fab, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, I'm a bit like you, actually. Um, I've only been into the NFL for about 10 years as well, maybe slightly less, actually. Um, the first Super Bowl I watched was, the, well, actually, the very first game I watched was the uh, Bolt Saints Super Bowl. I was a bit like, uh, uh, typical of people in this country, I think, kind of didn't really understand American football, had a very low opinion of it. Um, had prejudged it and then for whatever reason me and my brother-in-law decided one night to just stay up and watch the Super Bowl because it was on and so we watched the Colts and Saints and I just loved it like I just thought why have I never watched this before yeah I think the general perception in the in the country is that it's you know why do they wear pads that's you know that's pathetic because obviously quite a lot of people are used to rugby um, and then it's like why do they always break for adverts it's just so tedious and they drag it out I think when you sit down and actually start watching it, you kind of get engrossed in the action and the adverts and all the rest of it kind of fall to the wayside and just kind of engage with what's going on. Uh, Alex, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your team and how you got into the NFL. Yeah, so the Madden thing really rings true to me, um, albeit it's going back about 25 years. Um, when I was a kid, I saw it on my mate's uh, shelf for the Mega Drive and he said, I've tried it once, couldn't get the rules, have a go if you want. Um, so I gave it a try, and it was it was about the same time that I saw like, NFL Europe highlights on Transworld Sport on Channel Four. Oh, um, Transworld Sport! Amazing, what an absolute flash of the past that is. It's class. <laughs> awesome, yeah. <laughs> but all I remember from it was there was that skiing, and I think I remember like judo being on it or something. Yeah, totally random show. Random sports, wasn't what, it? Yeah, wasn't that the show that Transworld Sport that all have Kabaddi on as well? Ah. Uh, yeah, what a game that is. brilliant, by the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never it's, it's, it, When I was about, like, 11 or 12, and we went to New York, yeah. it, it was a, it was probably a year or two after, like, Lawrence Taylor and Sims retired. Um, it has been to this, especially when you play the Patriots in Super Bowls. You're a Patriots fan, aren't you, Richard? I am I, I'm a Patriots fan, but, however, I'm not a glorious supporting Patriots fan, as I liked them when they, they win the AFC East. So, wow. I got brought up in, my dad watched it, Put on the Trans World Sport on Channel 4, and I used to sit up and watch it. And I remember going to a taboo one weekend, and there was a helmet there. I didn't know what team it was, and I wanted it just because obviously I could put it on when I had it on at home and stuff when it was on a weekend. And it turned out to be the throwback Patriots from what they were wearing at the time before they changed the logo and stuff before Crafts came in. And again, with the Madden stuff, I had a Mega Drive, I had every single Madden game, and I'd always, always played Patriots, and it's just been ever since. And we have had a few successful years. Hey, you're not kidding. Yeah. yeah. And finally, we've got Steve. Steve, who's your team? Uh, there's not enough of us in the world, so I thought I'd be a Patriots fan. Um, <laughs> I became can a Patriots. You, can you say that I left the Patriots fans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I became a Pats fan when I did um, American, which is like a Camp America thing, uh, in Connecticut, and they were selling Wes Welker jerseys for eight dollars. So I decided to buy a Wes Welker jersey without realising then kind of they didn't even play for it anymore. So I kind of bought that. <laughs> 
um, and not knowing what happened. And I went to Sunday's house and the pre-season game was on and I watched it. And, and since then, um, I thought I'm a Patriots fan. So I didn't even know they were good then. So I'm hoping that kind of gets me into the rule of not being a glorious supporter, but I'm sure I'll get some stick anyway. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. And, um, and obviously I'm fairly new to the NFL, but I, I can swear <laughs> I'm not a glory fan. Um, <laughs> the reason I started supporting the Seahawks was purely because of Marshall. Because you like birds? And I love birds. Yeah, <laughs> I, live, I, I live by the seaside, so, you know, Seahawks. Seagulls, um, Seahawks, same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no difference. <laughs> um, Can imagine there's a Seahawks here with a chip? <laughs> <laughs> they have no hand left. But, um, so, yeah, basically, so after I'd watched the Super Bowl, the Colts Saint Super Bowl, the year after I was looking for a team, and the Seahawks, this team from the Northwest got... You know, through to the playoffs with a 7-9 record. They were unfancy. There was uproar about the fact that they'd qualify for the playoffs with a 7-9 record when better teams hadn't qualified and all that kind of stuff. And I remember watching um, the Seahawks take on the Saints um, at CenturyLink Field, and, and they won. And just remember thinking, what look at crowd. That is just unbelievable. And, uh, and of course, it was a game where Marshawn Lynch... Um, did the beast quake thing, and I just I just fell in love with it then. I fell in love with the crowd and the atmosphere and the team. That turned out to be quite a good pick <laughs> uh, going forwards. And obviously, you know, we won a Super Bowl and stuff a few years later, and that's great. And then things are not looking quite as rosy now, but you know, it's still been. When you said it was a really good pick, I did hold back a lot to not say so as my brothers, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now I think we should have a rule that uh, we're not allowed to mention uh, Super Bowl Forty Nine, in particular the final play. But <laughs> he has such a great surname. Surely we can talk about it. Yeah. Maybe that's something that we can. Yeah. Maybe you can ad- advise the uh, the audience of uh, why the Seahawks didn't just run it. I think this has been covered elsewhere a lot of times. So it was a genuine technical question about why they passed it. Uh, well, yeah, it's just, you know, it's always, it's always comes up in it. Why didn't, why didn't they run it? So you've got two things to do, haven't you? It's what, it was, was it second down or first down and um, second one? Um, so on second and one, you've always got the idea of protecting the sticks on defence. So you're going to be thinking about where they're going to get to a first down. But when it comes to goal line, you're always going to look for man coverage because nine times out of ten, you're going to go man coverage on those goal line situations. And Pete Howell tried to take advantage of that by only, I think it's called a mesh or something, to take away man coverage. But they've been using that play previously. So yeah. this is through playoffs, and I think that's where they went wrong. They'd used a play that they'd. That's it. Yeah, there's famously that clip, isn't there, of the Patriots? Um, it was like an indoor in indoor practice, and actually they they practiced that exact scenario. Let's uh, let's look at some news then. NFL news and rumors. Once again, we're being blessed in this country to three more NFL regular season games in the capital. We've got the Super Bowl champs, the Eagles, taking on the Jags in what should be a great contest at Wembley, and the same venue will see the Chargers take on the Titans a week earlier too. But there's fresh doubt over whether Tottenham Hotspur's new ground will be ready to host the Seahawks um, at the Raiders. And reports today suggest that should the new White Hart Lane not be ready on time, the game will be switched to Wembley. So, what's your take on this, gents? Rich, let's start with you. Uh, well, it's always been talked about the moving to the Spurs. NFL have paid a lot of money, invested a lot of money into Tottenham Hotspur to get this ground. And I can't not see it happening there. They've got the pre-test events and it'd be a bas- massive slap in the face for the NFL if this game doesn't have a top uh, To be honest, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree, Rich, but as 
NFL's best intentions to get the game on, that's not going to make the builders build it any quicker and get the safety checks that they need in place done any quicker. Um, I, I think the NFL have done the right thing in obviously finding a backup. I know that they did tentatively asked the RFU whether they could use Twickenham again, but obviously the FA have come back and said that um, Wembley was available. My concern around is not whether the, the stadium is going to be finished. I think it's probably going to be finished. It's whether the vast amount of safety regulations that they're going to have to tick off and get through is going to allow them the time to do what they need to do for that game. Um, I know that Spurs have already... Um, they're playing away for like the first three or four games, so that and one at Wembley as well. About, and yeah, and one at Wembley. So that already says that you know things aren't really going to the plan. Um, I think NFL will be really annoyed because they have invested some significant money in that venue. Yeah, I think um, I think Spurs aren't playing until like mid September, are they? So, uh, was that always the plan with their fixtures, or has that been altered? No, I think the planned. I think about June time there was rumours that they were going to ask the Premier League when the fixtures came out because I know they did a similar thing for Liverpool and West Ham before when their grounds were getting sorted to switch their home games to away so I think it was always on the cards for about June time Well September 15th is meant to be the inaugural game of, uh, for Spurs I think it's Liverpool so if that's what a month That's exactly advance, a month isn't it you know, then, then surely if they're going to get that inaugural game and the, the, the crowds are expecting it's got to be ready for an NFL game yeah my, so. my, my worry is that if the NFL are already tapping around looking for the venues I question whether they're going to be ready for that first game in September because if the NFL are already concerned for a game that's in October then you know I think Spurs are going to be concerned for their Premier League games I think the fact that this news has come out suggests that it's not as plain sailing as it should be yeah. and I think that there is there is the NFL might just be a bit nervous about what's what's going on I think that's why they've delayed the ticket sales, aren't they? To all people until the last minute possible, just to see what they're going to do. But that is a worry, though. After the, um, obviously the NFL, they didn't have the best feedback really from how they've handled ticket sales for the other games coming up. Um, are they really giving them time to um, put proper arrangements in place for a game this soon? Really? Uh, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think they know that the demand's always going to be there for the tickets. So, from a financial point standpoint, you're on a no-lose because you know you're going to sell them whichever new you put them at. They're going to sell out within a week. Yeah, and plus, you know, a lot of people think that that, that Raiders Seahawks game is, is the the kind of crown glory of the three games going over. I know that there's some obviously some debate about obviously the Super Champs coming over, but at the point in which it was announced, you know, there's a lot of people looking at that Raiders Seahawks game as the key game. Uh, and to open a stadium with that game as the NFL's new home, it's kind of a bit of a showpiece game, isn't it? I think yeah. that's why it was chosen, wasn't it? I yeah. think that's why it was chosen, yeah. Now, it wouldn't be the NFL training camps without a few players holding out. So already we've seen high-profile stars such as Earl Thomas in Seattle, now and Donald in LA not, not showing up. Uh, and one player you can take off that list uh, is the Atlanta Falcons' Julio Jones, who will report for training camp on Thursday after agreeing an adjustment to his 2018 contract. The Falcons and Jones will negotiate his contract before the 2019 season now. However, one other player who is holding out is Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. Now, last season we saw him hold out for the entire training camp period. Although both sides felt they were closer to a deal this year, the fact remains that there is no agreement in place. Um, and with LA and with the LA Rams running back Todd Gurley agreeing a $60 million contract earlier this week, perhaps Bell has a point. 
Stuart, what do you make of this? I mean, I understand where he's coming from, Le'Veon Bell. He's, he's obviously wanting to be paid as a number one running back, which obviously is, is you know, one of the, the top running backs in the league. But he also wants, I think it's a number three wide receiver as well. So he's effectively wanting to double stack that, that money. Steelers aren't wanting to use effectively what is quite a lot of cap on one player. And I can understand their standpoint. And I think, you know, catching backs now are a part of the game. That's where the all backs are. He holds out again from camp, um, like he did last year. He didn't have a great start to the year because he wasn't at camp. He wasn't getting, you know, he wasn't getting work with his all line. He wasn't, you know, kind of getting them. If he does that again, and he's already made a statement saying that he's going to have the best year yet, that's that's easy to say, but it's harder to do. It, it's like any team sport. You want you want your you want your whole team to be gelled and ready to go from day one. And you know, the Bell situation was that he came late to camp. And he won't have been as up to speed as the rest of his team. Um, and I use um, Beckham as an example in the other way, where he's obviously only got a year left to run his contract, but he's gone the other way, where he's he's attended all the OTAs, he's now fully ready for camp, he's committed to camp, mm-hmm. and he's he's gone the other way, where he wants to be giving the best he can to gain the best contracts, if you know what I mean. So it, there's two kind of yeah. approaches to it. Hey, Rich Stewart, I mean, you've got to earn it. You, you know, look at Todd Gilly, he's earned it. That's... That big contract, 60 million contract, he's earned that. Whereas Le'Veon Bell's a personality to me. Yeah, he's a good tackle to tackle when he bounces about, good passing back. But at the end of the day, if on a team, if he was on a different team, I don't think he'd still be a team. I think if it was a Patriots or something like that, he'd be out. It does frustrate me, Le'Veon Bell, because he, keep, he came out and goes, we were so close. He always rejects, I will retire a sealer. Well, if you're, you'd make a bit more of a, not say mix, he's not making the right fit in the contract talk, but if he wants to retire a sealer, he needs to be a bit more acceptable to what they want to give him. And um, here's what, um, as I said in response to Todd Gurley's uh, $60 million four-year deal with the Rams, he, uh, he posted on Twitter, um, and I'll, I'll quote this, he put, lol, and people thought I was tripping. Um, so, <laughs> I'm afraid, accents aren't my strong point. Um, has he got a point? Uh, but they offered him a, a pretty huge contract. I think they offered him $40 million a year, didn't they? And he wanted 80. They're not a million miles off. Yeah, I mean, apparently he was after $17 million uh, a season. I, I can't remember if it was 12 or 14 that they offered him, but it was a, it was a lot. It was more than any other running back in the league until, obviously, Todd Gurley. Pittsburgh might have hit him it if Juju didn't have a breakout season last year. But the fact they've got Antonio Brown and Juju played really, his breakout, I don't think they've got them as the main two wide receivers. Well, I'm sure it's a, a drama that will roll on and on throughout training camp. Just one word on um, Julio Jones. So he, <clears throat> his contract's been renegotiated for the 2018 season. Uh, the Falcons and Jones are apparently going to negotiate before the 2019 season. Um, do you think that's a fair, a fair deal? Uh, yeah, he's the best receiver on that team. Um, and that's, it was, I think his, his salary was like ninth best out of the, uh, you know, I think if you can name eight better receivers than him, then, then I think you're wrong. So, you know, I think, you know, that's spot nine, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talent-wise, I totally agree with you. I think he's 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 definitely within the top three receivers in the league. My my bugbear with this is that he had a three-year deal, um, and he's holding out when he's got three years left to run his contract. It's not like the other guys are holding out of entering the last year of the contracts. Um, and I, what I don't want to do is I don't want the NFL to head the way that football is, where your contract doesn't really mean that much. I do think that this might be the start of maybe some of the top players signing short-term contracts to gain more leverage. Um, I think that that's something that might happen going forward. Yeah, and I, you know, is, are we getting to a situation where the players have too much power? Yeah, I think I think this situation shows that um, 
you know, because he can hold out with three years left on his contract and he still managed to negotiate something for the for this season means that the, the power is definitely shifting towards the players. Now, whether that's right or wrong, I think the, the teams are obviously going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but for me, it's, it doesn't quite sit right. No, I don't think it's going We've seen the effects, haven't we, in fall over here with players at the power, and I just thought it'd be a shame to see it happen over there. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, it's a balance, isn't it? Um, but it's a weird one because players holding out and stuff is just—it's just, it's just going to become more and more common. And I think it is becoming more and more common. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, you know, Julio is is one of the top receivers in the league and should be paid accordingly. But you know, he signed that contract. You know, yeah, I just wonder on this. You signed it two years ago. How was he paid in respect to everyone else? Then was he was it a good contract at the time? Was things just moved on? I think it was for, for like how long he's been in the NFL. I do believe it was decent, but I think with game evolving and the, the class of Brown and everyone, I think because he's better than Brown, he wants to be either or more than him or on the same. But this is it. Oh, that's it's all you know. My dad's car's better than your dad's car. He's got a. Uh, um, yeah, I want this like, you know, just play a game. Yeah, I mean, you've opened up a can of worms there, Richard. Is Julio better than Brown? That's that's a, that's a debate <laughs> to have. But teams scramble around for a quarterback, don't they? I think that's where you build your roster from—is getting the franchise quarterback in place. And I think if you think you found, got to lock them in. Yeah, I think that's been case definitely with the 49ers where um, obviously he's in a little bit sort of hit and miss with QBs for a while since you know the old legends that they had. Um, but in terms of you know, people like Le Bell and uh, Julio Jones holding out for higher wages. I do wonder whether something comes into their logic that maybe because those are players that are such focal points of their offense, they're going to be drawing so much attention from defenses who are going to be going out to tackle them harder. Whether it's something like they're just trying to ensure that, you know, if one day I go out to play the game and then all of a sudden, I, you know, God forbid I can't walk again after it, um, yeah. They just want to make the money now, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, mean, make money now. I mean, historically in in American football, the two highest paid players on the team were the quarterback and the blind side, and that, and that's and and it seems to be shifting now, and it seems to be that a lot of the offensive weapons are now getting paid, you know, as much as the guys protecting the quarterback. So I, maybe that's just how things are going. If you ask yourself, if you could go to work knowing you could get paid more, but you're not, would you try and get paid more, no matter whether it's an NFL player or anybody else? Yeah, but then there's the issue about contracts, isn't there, and how long have you got left in your contracts mm. and all that sort of stuff. I think it's a debate for another day. It's a really interesting debate. Yeah, yeah I do uh, think we'll touch on it again. Well, yeah. in the future, yeah. No, if I decided I wanted my money and I didn't go to work and I held out, I would get taxed. Exactly, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, not, we're not talented enough to be wanted, are we? That's the problem. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anyway, right, uh, moving on uh, to the last story in the news this uh this week. It's one of the bizarre and serious stories, if we're honest, uh, of this off-season has involved uh, LaShawn McCoy. Could you just fill us in on the details of, of what's been going on this off-season? His girlfriend turned up at a hospital, I believe, to start with, and with serious injuries to the face, and it's story after story has come out that his has been his dogs, his children. Mm. It, just, it just seems to have escalated yet. There's not been like, any official word from himself yet. He's, well, I mean, he's going to camp, isn't he? He's going to camp on time, as normal. Yeah, he turned, oh, yeah. He turned up for camp today, didn't he? So, um, he's, he's categorically denied it, hasn't he? And he, he said that when the assault took place, he wasn't even in the, in the house. He wasn't even in the same state, I don't think. Um, I think 
she allegedly said that she was in his house and he assaulted or he sent some people to assault her in his house mm. that's the allegations but it's all got a bit messy in the fact that a lot of stories are coming from her best friend so it all seems a bit he said she said we said they said kind of situation yeah and it's worth pointing out at the moment that um, the police are investigating but there's no there's no charges um, against him at the moment yeah but I mean likewise last year there was no um, there was no actual justice for sorry there was no police action against Ezekiel Elliott and he got a six game ban there was no police action taken against Zeke and he got a six game ban so Whereas he's claimed he's not done anything, I think the NFL, just because of the rumours and that they will see that as bringing the game into disrespute, I think that's what will probably affect him. Yeah, I mean, are we expecting the NFL to take action on this? Is that because they haven't at the moment? But are we? Is that what we think is going to happen? I think with what they did with the Zeke case last year, it's going to happen. They've, they've set the standards in the league now. I think they will. But I don't think it'll be consistent. If you look at the consistency in this kind of stuff in the NFL, you know, it's mixed from one game to six games as the range. And I don't yeah. know if it's a consistent thing or whether it will be, you know, we did this as it last year, we're going to do it this year. I just don't think there's enough control in the league to have that consistency. So it could be the case that even if there's no action taken by the NFL this year, is there going to be some further down the line in a year or two? That's possible. Um, by which yeah, point? the NFL are definitely going to investigate it. And yeah. I know in the past that they have suspended players whilst an investigation's going on. I mean, they, they, they probably are obviously looking at it aren't they, internally, and then one day we'll have some sort of announcement, and uh, and then there'll probably be appeal after appeal after appeal, and <laughs> who knows what else. So here on the Snapcast, what we thought we'd do on our first ever episode was look at things that we're really looking forward to for the 2018 season, and we'll compile a kind of top ten things that we're really looking forward to. Richard, would you start us off? What what are you really looking forward to seeing this season? I, I, I have to say, I think we may see a win in Cleveland. Are we talking a win season or just one win? Um, I, I believe a winning season is possible. How much I, don't, I, I just think they've got it in them. I think they've recruited well. They've literally lied on the draft picks, whereas this year they went out and were trading picks to get players. And I think that we've, done it. we've done the first round picks for three years. We've won one game in three years. We need to do something different. Yeah, right, but it takes more than a superstar lineup to win a game. It takes yeah. the way the Browns schematically, the way the Pokemon's, you know, franchise-wise. I think they're going in the right direction, but just because you've got superstars on the field doesn't mean they're going to play together. It can cause yeah. more, more, more um, friction than anything else. I think my issue with the Browns at the minute is that I think they've got probably the best roster that they've had in a long time, but I've still got some significant questions over their uh, coaching team. How many coach, coaches have kept the job after what, winning one game in two seasons? None. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's where I think there's some some issues. I think the Browns have still got to address. The problem is that they were in some they're in some good positions to win some ta- some games in in the last few seasons, and they've not managed. The coaching staff have not managed to get more line. If they have that, though, he's asking to what they are some of the best teams in the league, even though they're playing for the Browns. Is he going to have leadership and qualities of, of an NFL quarterback to make those players to those guys? Yeah, I think I think a lot of NFL teams are in such a desperate search for the franchise quarterback that they ruin some of the college by friendliness of the. Basically, they're throwing it at the oven. We're not even ready, and they just they just burn. The sensible option you're adding. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is back UB. He's got the biggest throwing arm on him, but he can get things done. He's a very tactical sort of a quarterback, and if he's if the box collapses on him, he's one of the he's you know he's got great legs for a QB as well. Um, yeah. I really like the idea of him um, in this year. Finds um, the characters a cliche, but for a second year tight end this year, I think David and Joku could get a lot of good work if you're yeah. watching. For a bargain tight end in fantasy, I think with how much Tyrod loved Charles Clay at Buffalo, 
maybe that translates over Cleveland as well. Yeah, you but, could um, see him get a lot of action, couldn't you? If, he, if Taylor keeps his same similar styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, he has a lot of potential anyway, but with so many more options now on their offense, opening up space, maybe he's yeah, a I sneaky mean, one to look at. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got a good set of running backs as well, haven't they? Because they've got Duke Johnson, they've got Carlos Hyde, and didn't they draft Chubb as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not bad. They're pretty stacked on offense with, with options, so... And I'd, like you said, Tyrod took the Bills to the to the playoffs, so I, yeah. I, that's why I don't think um, you'll see him. Probably unless they know that they can't do anything, maybe later in the season you'll see him. Yeah, I think back to probably like Ian's point is that he said they've got the offense, but with that coaching setup, is the coaching setup going to work for them all? Say Hugh Jackson, is he the coach who t- Taylor and Landry are going to listen to? I think that's yeah. the that's the remaining question that's that the Browns need. Yeah, and um, and we'll find out what we. Steve, what are you looking forward to? This the year? biggest thing I'm looking forward to is, is seeing Shaquille Griffin, seeing what he does. Um, this the one buzz that I had during the draft was seeing where he get picked up. Fifth round was a bit late for me. I kind of expected third, but maybe Pete Cow just kind of knew. But I think he'll make an effect on special teams to start with and hope that he gets at least an edge spot. But watching the guy play for UCF was just incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. I just can't wait to see what he's got. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's going to be really, really interesting. And I just, what a story. Yeah. Like, just an incredible story. And, yeah, I just hope it works out for him. I'm, I'm super excited about it as well. And, uh, you know, I hope, he does, I hope he does really well. Yeah, I think it's a really good landing spot for him as well because he's there with his brother as well. So I think that yeah. that's really going to help him get the best out of him because him and his brother are very close. So I think that's really going to... Kind of make sure that he doesn't, if you know what I mean, because obviously his brother is key for the for the Orcs, isn't he? So that is definitely one to watch. The thing is, he's so quick off the edge as well that even if he's not a coverage guy, if he's not a sub package kind of guy, he's still you know put him on the line as a stand up end, and you see what he does. Oh, he's lightning! Yeah, it's just so fast. Let's go. So I mean, the the one thing that I'm looking forward to really is to see what actually happens with Andrew Luck. Oh. Um, <laughs> Now I I had that on my list. Uh, Andrew Luck returning. Yeah. Is, is on my list as well. Well, apparently he's he's going to participate in 100% of training camp. He's going to take all first team snaps and he's going to play in preseason. So I reckon he'll be back on the pup list by week one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like the Colts as a whole this year for the um, amount of investment that they've put in new young talent, the likes of Nelson and the. Uh, I mean the running backs and the the receivers that they got later in the in the draft as well. The likes of you know your your Naheem Hines um, and players like Kane and Fountain, the wide receivers. They do have so much raw potential about them that yeah. could be they could look like a completely different team this year. It's so easy to think that um, for how they did last season and for that investment in youth. Maybe they're going to want for that lack of experience this year, whether they have Andrew Luck or not. But yeah, on the but other side, I think either way, really. Yeah, but I mean, with that amount of youth, they, they really need Luck because I'm not sure that Brissett can can take them. It won't be it won't be able to feed where those those young lads are going to need the passes, and that's you know. Brissett's got they've got and they've got a lot. Keeping hold of the ball and just run. If he doesn't see his first option, he just right. I'm taking it, and I'm six foot eight or whatever, so I'm just going to run. Yeah, the, the Colts don't need that. They need somebody who's gonna really just stick a cow in the pocket, and that's luck. The guy who comes back, you know. Would Would we be saying if 
if luck goes down early in the season, do you think, because that obviously if it's a long-term thing, do you think his career might be over with three years being out if he does go down this year? I think it's make or break for him, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just as a fan of the NFL, I just, I, you know, the guy is in, an incredible talent and I just really want to see him have a, a full run at a season again and just see what he can do. And just that's what I'm excited about. I, I just want to see him play regularly. Yeah, I mean, and, and see what he can do. That was my point, really. I'm, I'm more in hope that I want him to, you know, I think my my heart is, yes, come on, look, you can play a full season, but my head's telling me that he's going to be injured again by at least week four. Yeah. I'll test. Yeah, and that's always the risk. In his uh, mentality, though, in the entire like, two years he's been out, he's not let, let, let his focus drop from coming back. He's, like, carried on training. He's tried to do everything he can to get back. It must be such a dark place to be as well. You know, like, getting seriously injured, coming back, and then... Thinking you're going to come back, but then never. Yeah, yeah. Years. I'm fairly it certain that the vast awful. amount of millions of dollars that he earns kind of softens the blow a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. I I'm going to throw something out there that's a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to say a whole team is uh, is what I'm looking forward to seeing, and it isn't the Seahawks. It's actually the Oakland Raiders, um, and I'm just fascinated to see what happens with John Gruden. Um, I, I really genuinely think it could be a car crash or it, it could be magic and I've got no idea which way it'll go. Yeah, yeah I go with your point now. It's going one way or other. I mean, I suspect at the moment it's it's going car crash. At the moment. That's how yeah. it feels. Um, well, there was, you never, you just yeah, there's, there's rumours today that they're, they're, they're probably going to cut Penn as well. So that's that's an interesting decision because they obviously they, they drafted, didn't they? So I... Uh, yeah, there's been some interesting decisions, I think, will come out of Auckland. And there, there does seem to be some disharmony in the camp. Uh, apparently, Khalil Mack's not talking to Gruden. No, I've seen that story. And if we're not talking to one of your best defensive players, there's, you've got to have problems. The story goes, though, that Gruden has apparently tried to make contact with him, but he's, he's uh, not responding. I know this sounds like really petty office politics to be honest um, the thing he did was get rid of the best punter in the league and yeah it made no sense to let Marquette King go I just didn't understand that I kind of thought it was him trying to make a stand and say I'm here for the long run and I'm here to make cut the fat but you know didn't make sense to me yeah but they've, they've also done some really other weird things like they've let Michael Trabtree go Michael Trabtree go and they've replaced him with Tavis Bryant which is a really odd one for the locker room, really, because I don't think he's a particularly good person to have around. It's definitely going to be interesting, though, isn't it? <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah, that's my hopes from as well. I really want them to do well, the Raiders, because they kind of seem, just from the people I know that are a little older than me who support, you know, 90% of the Raiders fans for some reason. Yeah. And, um, I just want them to do well because of that reason, and it's interesting to watch them. I like watching them. But by the fifth, sixth game, just like, oh, well, that's, that's a letdown. Yeah. I think the issue they've got, this is the last year they've got the Coliseum. They haven't actually signed a stadium deal for 2019. And we're not moving to Vegas to 2020. So the fans are already starting to turn because of the move. So if it starts off bad, the fans are going to be on the back straight away. And that's exactly why I'm interested. I just want to see how it unfolds because I just think it could be gloriously tragic. <laughs> what a phrase, gloriously tragic. As long as, they play, as long as it's a good game when they come to London, it's fine. They can play well that week and then go back to yeah. shocking afterwards. Yeah. No, I hope they play poorly that week. But anyway. So, uh, who's next? Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco. Yes. What's Definitely. What's hang on, hang on. You're missing one there. What about RG3? 
Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, top of the list. What's happened? You know, the first words out of Lamar Jackson's mouth were, I'm going to win you a Super Bowl, baby. I'm not going to do that accent. Is he? And then did you see Flacco's first comments when they, when they returned for training? Yeah. I, to, I need to mistake for him to get in. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. It's an odd one because, again, I think um, Jackson, I'd be surprised if you see him. Because, again, I think Ravens have, have given up a lot more options than they had last year. A place looking a lot more lively than was his footwork. Well, it sounds, yeah. it sounds like he's sort of got a kick up the backside, doesn't he, it? And he's kind of putting a bit more effort in and yeah. stuff from all reports. But there was also rumours that they're going to play Jackson in, the, in as a slot receiver, which seems a bit odd. So I, I think you might see something weird with Jackson. I think he'll be used. Special teams were mentioned. Yeah, I, I think he'll be used, but whether he's used as a quarterback, that's uh, it's, a, it's an open for debate, that one, I think. Would they, I mean, if they were going to use the last draft pick in the first round to do that, though, would you think they would? Because, you know, 32nd in the first round. I think... Yeah, take I him think off the board just so nobody else gets him. Because they traded yeah. for him, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, I think I think he will be the long-term quarterback, but because I want him to pay, play, because he's, he's lightning. I mean, he's such a game-changer when he gets the ball in hand that they might want to just get him on the field somehow. And... You know, whether that's in the slot or whether that's as a returner on specials, you'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But Ravens are known for benching, because obviously when they were at Wembley last year, Flacco had a nightmare, they got benched in third quarter. So... He did have a yeah. proper nightmare, didn't he? He did. And yeah, he the only I, game last yeah. year he had a nightmare in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I think Flacco leads that team either. I think, you know, you look at a lot of stuff that goes on, it's almost as if he doesn't lead the team, he's just there. Um, yeah. You know, ever since Ray Lewis went, it's almost as if there's that gap now in the leadership of the yeah. team. And maybe that's what they think Lamar Jackson could, could bring down the line. I do think if he gets benched here, I think that'll be done. I think if he gets benched and Jackson comes in and, and doesn't even play better, but it's just because he's, so, he's got so many more upsides to him, I think you might not see Flacco again. Or you might see him traded. Cool. Right, Rich, um, have, you got, have you got something else? On the, on the side of divisions... Obviously, I think the NFC is definitely getting a lot more stacked and it's catching up after many years of AFC dominating. Um, but one division, I'm not sure, will be very passionate, but I'm looking forward to see NFC North battles this year with Cousins right. going to the Vikings. It's sewn up. I don't know what the problem is. No, Bears winning. It, no. well, I put, I'm putting the Vikings in the Super Bowl already, to be honest. Like, I'm oh, what a good man. What a top man. <laughs> I, I'll probably regret to live that, uh, live to regret that down the line, but I can't see any reason why they can't. Um, personally, well, they were almost there last year, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing about last year is that, yeah, we got beat by Philly, but I think we also got very lucky against the Saints team. I think in that in that fourth quarter, the the honor the Minnesota miracle that was, it was more fortuitous than it was skill. I think the missed tackle was just silly from a rookie, really, and we got a bit lucky with that because effectively in that second half we got completely outplayed. By Breeze, but, he absolutely dominated us. And there's no pressure for home Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I don't think that helped to be honest, because I think we fell apart a little bit against uh, the Eagles. We got in front, and then we just seemed to completely lose the ability to defend. Um, all the coverage went, um, which is usually what we're good at. It, it, yeah, I think the pressure got to us of the, the the kind of that home Super Bowl in uh, Minnesota. But I think the franchise is in the right place with the right people at the right time. It's now got a good quarterback, I think, who's going to... I think it's just got everything now to do essentially what the Eagles have done this year. And Yeah, I, I, t- 
I totally agree. The one thing that I really like about the Vikings is the fact that when they draft, they, they stick with the player. I know that a lot of teams draft and then eventually if they don't make it after two years, they kind of cut them free. Uh, a prime example of that is, you know, one of the cornerbacks that we've got, Trey Wayness, has, has had a rock, has kind of had a pretty rocky two seasons with us. And I think in any other team he might have been cut, but we've kind of stuck with him in and we're actually seeing the benefits of that now. And he's actually coming good. Um, so I kind of like that in, um, in Minnesota. I also think that the same kind of goes for Laquan Treadwell. Um, that's my outside pick for fantasy as well, um, is to get your Treadwell as your sleeper uh, for a wide receiver. I think he's going to have a big year. Nice one. Good tip, Stuart. Thanks. <laughs> I'll write that down. Okay, so we'll just go around one more time uh, very quickly. Has anyone got any honourable mentions that they'd like to say about things they're excited for for the 2018 season? Yes, uh, for me, lots of um, really exciting talent I haven't touched yet. So I'm really excited, of course, the giant to see Saquon Barkley uh, take the lead by storm in his first in his first season. I've actually I've broken my rule of buying a uh, a jersey with a rookie on the back this year. Oh. <laughs> I've gone completely overboard, but um, I hope it works. Hope it works out. I know. Well, it feels like centuries since we've had a really good running back, a natural running back. Um, so fingers crossed that works out, but, um, not wanting to be, you know, whether you want to call this section a no homers club after this or whatever. I am really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, Deshaun Watson get a full season under his belt, hopefully injury free. Yeah. He was on my list as well, Deshaun Watson. I'm really, really excited to see him play. Um, I think it was such a shame that he got injured last year because he was just really getting into the flow of it all, and it was he was exciting. Changed the league while he was in it last year. Yeah. So I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about his offensive line in uh, in front of him, but you know, I'm sure he can. I'm, he's going to be fab to watch. Yeah, I mean, my only questions about that is whether his knee will hold up. Do they come back the same after a knee injury? Yeah, yeah, and there, there is that as well. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, what else are you looking forward to? So, I mean, just the last one for me is that, you know, historically over the years, it's proven that just because you draft a quarterback in the first round, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn into the franchise quarterback that you want. And quite a large percentage of them turn into flops. You know, there's, there's a whole list of quarterbacks drafted in the first round that turned into flops. So I'm interested to see which one of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round turns out to be an absolute dud. <laughs> And who's your money on? If I had to say now, I think... Yeah, if you had to pick. I don't know. Rosen, maybe? Yeah, he's, he's going to be so interesting, uh, especially with what he's, he said sort of immediately after the draft. Yeah, but I also think that Allen could be a flop because I don't think the Bills are set up for a rookie quarterback at all. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it, there's no way that all of them are going to turn into franchise quarterbacks because it just doesn't happen. I was going to say, if I, if I can just add just for the Bills, that was going to be my... Uh, stuff that I'm excited to see for this season is I thought that we sort of covered the Bills and the Browns quite well with the story of, you know, Tyrod and the Sean McCoy earlier on. But the idea that last season I was thinking exactly the same thing about the Bills, that they had no chance with what they'd done in the off season before the start of last year. It felt like they were sort of wrapping one arm behind the back going into the season. But this year... There's even more sort of chaos about the team. It looks both like ha- both arms behind the back. Yeah, it looks like yeah. they might even be applying a straight jacket and they're about to swallow the key. <laughs> if they show any sign of progress this year or anything close to what they did last year, I think Sean McDermott has to win Coach of the Year and he should go on tour as an escapologist. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel sorry for Zay Jones because that lad has got some talent, but he's just never going to see the ball. I mean, yeah. who's going to throw him it? 
I just, I, I well, it's definitely not Nathan see... Peterman. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> best debut in NFL history he had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, who, who else have you got there? You've, I mean, do you throw Allen straight into the mix and hope that he hits the ground running? Well, Benjamin obviously has. He's had decent games in the NFL. I think last year he was. He never really. He never really got into his stride last year. I think he was carrying an injury most of the year with the Panthers, and then he, when he went to the Bills, he obviously didn't have much time to learn the playbook. But, but he, they is, said he was carrying too much weight, though, didn't they? That's why the Panthers yeah. kind of cut him because he was a bit overweight. And you know, I mean, he doesn't look like he's slimmed down much, does he? No, exactly. But I mean, the, the talent is there with him that we've seen before. Yeah. If he if he can. Um, Rediscover anything that he had for like two or three years ago with the with the Panthers. Albeit it's you know it's one of these stories with the Bills again that they are a real underdog this year. But I think yeah. the opposite of Cleveland, where on the pitch they've got everything, but in the coaching staff there's a lot of questions. I think the Bills coaching team last year played everything right for what they had. So if they can do anything similar this year, who knows, yeah. basically, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Steve, what's your Honourable mention. My honourable mention would have to go to uh, Sean McVay. I think what he's doing with the Rams or done with the Rams, youngest head coach in NFL history or modern era history. Yeah. Just turning. It's depressing that is my age. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, what, what, where have I gone wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it's sure, but don't open uh, that kind of worms. I just think <laughs> that he uh, is doing such. He's doing the right thing. I mean, Brandon Cooks throwing a mix yeah. as well. So if they can do and his five-year contract he's got now or something. Uh, yeah, Cook signed a five. Um, I just think Sean McVay is new, young uh, head coach that knows how to bring a coach to a team. So he knows how to win a team round by understanding everybody's on the same page. I'm just, I reckon that you know he's just going to do, he's doing such a great job, and I can't wait till he uh, hears his podcast and reaches out. But um, <laughs> I'm just so excited about yeah, what he's do. I mean, just watching all or nothing when the Rams fired Jeff Fisher, and then the the very last episode had Sean McVay coming in, and it was just. Awesome. Mm. Just from that moment, you just knew that this guy was special. He just, he just had an aura and a presence, and he, he's completely brought that through to the Rams. And you know, the NFC West is the Rams to lose this season. Finally, uh, let's finish with Rich. Then, Rich, what's your your honourable mention? So my honourable mention goes to see if the Jaguars D can carry a non-quarterback team to a championship game again. Oh, 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 that's a controversial thing, isn't it? I mean, you've got to throw you, one out there. Yeah, if you ask Blake Bortles, he's the best quarterback in the league. I know, the Jags day just excites me what they do. It's great, yeah. they're, they're all over the place, so if they can play like they did last year, they're worth watching, even if they don't win games, that day's just out there. So what we're saying then, guys, are Vikings, uh, Jaguars, Super Bowl? I could say that. Oh, I don't know if I go that far, because obviously the Patriots will be there. I was just yeah. trying to not mention Patriots there, but... This should be, but yeah, I thought we'd done pretty well <laughs> since, not, since talking about Malcolm Butler in early on. We've not oh, from that famous Super Bowl victory. It's been, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. <laughs> I think that the Jaguars have definitely got the potential. Sorry, the Jaguars have definitely got the potential to go all the way if they sort out their quarterback. But I still think Blake Bottles could be a championship quarterback. I, I'm sticking with that. I don't know why well, I'm saying that. It is brave. I know it's brave, but if you look at the drives last year in the AFC game and. Um, Previously, you know, he can hold a drive, but is that, know, is, is that the game? Is that is that the game where he ran more than he passed? Yeah, it might be, um, but um, I don't know. I just like the guy, and um, maybe I say that because the Jags gave me a free hat when I did a 
<laughs> oh, it's all, it's all coming out now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's important to remember as well when we're talking about black bottles. Honourable mention here to Bottles Facts on Twitter. But uh, since the 2011 season, Blake Bortles has the same amount of playoff wins at Heinz Field as the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Guys, I'm not positivity here, not negativity. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right, guys. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, Some really interesting stuff. And I I just can't wait for the season to start, to be honest. It's going to be fantastic. Clock is ticking. So to round off our very first Snapcast, um, what we thought we'd do is just explain a little bit about what's what you can expect to come up on uh, not just next week but throughout this 2018 season uh, we've got loads of stuff planned and Alex is going to explain some of the things that we've got coming up this season over the next couple of weeks um, we are lining up um, various interviews we want this podcast to um, be as relevant to the UK game and the regional game in Yorkshire um, men's leagues women's leagues uh, full contact flag, anything related to the NFL in Britain, as well as obviously the wider NFL as we've discussed here. Um, there's also obviously we're all interested in fantasy football. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be interviewing, um, there's another podcast called the Across the Fantasy Pond podcast. Um, we'll be interviewing a couple of those guys. Um, that's something that we're really looking forward to. Um, there's also, I'm going to be going to the Yorkshire Rams last home game of the season on Sunday. Probably do a bit of a, a game summary maybe in the first couple of weeks. Um, summing up their season as well with an interview with maybe a player or a coach or two. Um, but if anybody else is involved with the game, wants to speak to us, um, my uh, Twitter handle, I'm at Unreal Alex Smith. I'm also on Fantasy Life as well, if anyone's on there, as the same name, at Unreal Alex Smith. Fab. And uh, Rich, just um, can you just shout out all the um, this podcast and the the, uh, the NFL Yorkshire group sort of social media sites? Yeah, so we have got, obviously, the Facebook page, NFL Fans Yorkshire, um, but we will have a Twitter page starting for the first down Snapcast. We'll obviously be on Podbeam, once obviously it's edited and ready to be live for the public not to giggle and laugh at us and we'll also be available on iTunes we've we've also other stuff in pipeline not ready to be revealed yet but very exciting stuff what me and Stuart are working on at the moment in regards to the the podcasts and the NFL in the area brilliant and I think that's a super place to leave it this after, uh, this, this evening so guys thank you very much thanks to Stuart Rich Alex and Steve um, thank you for listening and uh, join us again next week Sports Social Podcast Network It is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.